So, ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Ease Conversations. Thanks a lot to everyone who listened to the last episode featuring the homie Matt, Matt and I. Um, Matt, you absolutely killed it on there, and I look forward to having you on again down the road. And also, Basam, I'm on here, crushed it as well. It's a great time on there, and I'm looking forward to having you on again down the road as well. So now for episode 104 of Easy Conversations. I'm extremely excited, of course, to be back in the studio virtually with the homie Matt. Say what's up to the people. What's going on, everybody? Hope you're having a great uh, day or night right now. It's going to be a great night, a great episode tonight. I promise to be on my best behavior. No taking swigs of rum like in the last episode. If you haven't seen that, check that out on YouTube. We're doing another list tonight, Eric. My favorite type of episode. So why don't you let the listeners know what we're, what we're going to be listing tonight? Yeah, so for this episode, we're going to be doing our top five, both movies and TV shows of 2022. So two lists, a nice little double whammy. And um, yeah, just providing some nice uh, recommendations from our uh, favorites of last year. And um, yeah, listen them off from five to one, starting with movies and getting to TV shows. And thank you for mentioning, Matt. If you're not watching this on YouTube, I highly recommend because once more, there'll be a graphic on display showcasing our picks that'll appear one by one on the, um, the video on YouTube. So definitely recommend that you check it out on there as well. So yeah, um, without further ado, we're going to dive into our um, five favorite um, movies of 2022. And um, Matt, do you want to kick us off with your list? Actually, before that, Absolutely. Sorry, how was making your list? We always start these conversations off with that. So how was making your list? Was it difficult, easy? How was the process for you? I would say I knew like what my top three was, but it was very difficult for uh, choice number, like number four and five. I went through every movie I saw in 2022 from that year and... There was a lot of good... I thought it was a great year for film, first of all. And it was hard to choose four and five. But no, fairly simple for me, Eric. Like, I'm a movie guy. I know what I like. I'm very... I've always known that. So it was fairly simple for me. So, Eric, what about you making your list? Okay, nice. Glad to hear that. Me, it was actually very easy. I just did a quick rundown. And uh, I did watch a good amount of movies last year. Admittedly, there are some blind spots that I'm interested to see if some of the movies that I've pegged as movies I want to watch and never got to watching will be on your list. So that'll be maybe disappointing, but also a motivation for me to end up watching those movies. But no, of what I watch, like there's a pretty clear top five for me. There may be a few that like almost squeaked into that that fifth spot where there was maybe some contention. But when I started to think about it, it was like pretty easy. I had my number one locked in like easy and uh anyways we'll get to it there but uh thanks for that matt and now number five if you want to kick us off the floor is yours at number five i have a movie that premiered on netflix i believe it's the war movie all quiet on the western front the german film it's actually an anti-war movie which is like my favorite type this movie was brutal there's not an ounce of comedy there were some scenes in this movie, I think I've talked about it on the pod before, but there were some scenes in this movie that shook me to the core, and that's why it's on the list. It's going to be very memorable. Even if I only watch it two or three more times in my whole life, I will remember these scenes forever. That's how powerful they were. Um, we got great acting, cinematography. World War One is presented. Like, it's superbly shot. You see, like, the trenches, the warfare. But like I said, it's not glorious. It's an anti-war movie. You know, it's against, it's saying how ridiculous war is and how wasteful it is. That's the main message, how wasteful everything is. So yeah, number five, All Quiet on the Western Front. You can check it out on Netflix. 
So uh, I mentioned blind spots and movies that were on my list I never got around to watching. Well, you're starting off with one of those movies. And All Quiet on the Western Front is honestly something that I had pegged as a movie I, I thought that might be on your list. I'm glad to see it on there. You did talk about it a few episodes ago and um, unfortunately I haven't gotten around to it yet. Definitely do want to give that a spin. I've heard nothing but good things. And on the time at the time of recording, the um, Oscar nominations were announced I believe today or yesterday, and All Quiet on the Western Front did get quite a few nominations, so um, it's uh, not just a Matt favorite, I think it got a lot of love from the <laughs> masses as well, but uh, that's awesome, man, and um, I'll get around to it. How how long is it as a movie? Like, Is it over two hours, um, digestible runtime? It, it, it is a lengthy movie, it's over two hours. I watched it in segments, to be honest, because it was really heavy. Okay. It's, it's hard to sit down and watch like the whole thing in one shot, I'm not going to lie. But I'm so glad like I finished it and it's very powerful. So yeah, it's not easy to watch. Well, good war films always hit home and um, are always enjoyable as well. Like the the ones that I've seen anyways, like there have been very few misses and I don't think this movie would be entering that list of that list. I can't even think of one title right now of misses in the war film category. So definitely it's moving up higher on the list basically is what i'm saying so great pick matt funnily enough we're talking about war films and my number five as well common theme also a war film talked about on the pod before is devotion starring um oh, my nice. guy my guy jonathan majors and um glenn powell so in a nutshell it's the story of naval officers jesse brown and tom hudner so it's based on a true story you're inspired by a true story it's set in the korean war uh, fantastic movie, honestly. Went into it with decent expectations, like thinking it'd be an entertaining war movie, and walked out of there like on the verge of tears. As this was a really emotional movie, had a lot of powerful moments, and stuck with me. Like um, I'd seen that movie, I want to say a week after watching Black Panther: Wakanda Forever, a movie I thought would spoiler alert be on my list. It's not, and um, was. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't know why I'm comparing those two movies there, really, but then not a shot at Black <laughs> Panther. But anyways, Devotion was just a fantastic movie. Um, hits, hits you in the feels, is an inspiring story as well. There's some good action in there, some good humor in there. As you all know, It's big. that's big for me in these kind of movies. Like I do like some lighthearted moments and comedic um, comedic relief in, in the pockets between the heavy moments. This movie hit on all those um, notes, so... Devotion, whenever it ends up on streaming, highly recommend you check it out. And it would have been a great movie to see in theaters. Like it was a Top Gun esque in my books, in that it had those awesome aerial fight scenes, like the dog fighting. Um, you really get invested too in the theater, like when there's planes zipping by, machine guns firing off. Like, but the action is not over the top and not the primary focus in this movie, I would say. It's more the story and, um, the story of perseverance and resilience against all odds by um, our protagonist, Jesse Brown. So, great movie. Highly recommend. I remember you've talked about it before, Eric. It's moving up. It's on my watch list now. It's moving even higher because I kind of sort of forgot about it. I might not even wait for streaming. I might just, you know, watch it uh, by other means. Um, don't judge me. <laughs> but no, Eric, I uh, haven't heard a bad word about it. I might actually check it out this week. I'm not going to lie. I'm I like you, you talking about it, like just made me remember again. So awesome pick, Eric. Thank you. 
Can't wait to check it out. Okay, so earlier I was saying how I made, like it was simple to make my list. I watched a lot of horror films in 2022 and non-horror films, so I kind of, my list is a blend of the bo of both. And at number four, I have a movie that's actually a blend of, it has a touch of horror in it, but it's more of a drama road movie. At number four, I have the movie titled Bones and All with uh, starring Timothy Chalamet. Definitely a fringe horror movie. But it's about, and this isn't a spoiler, so I'm just gonna, it happens early in the movie. But if, you know how it's, it follows cannibals, basically. People that are born as eaters and they have the ability to eat, like they, like a vampire needs blood, they need to eat to stay alive, to have energy. So it's kind of a vampire movie, but the twist is they don't need blood, they need to consume humans. It's a morbid subject, but this movie is superbly well acted and shot. Like I said, Timothy Chalamet is in it. Our main character is actually a girl, though, that like they meet up. And it's a road movie. They go from spot to spot. When they get discovered, they need to keep moving. Because like vampires, these eaters need to keep moving to stay alive so they don't get caught. But then you meet a bunch of oddball characters along the way. And it's honestly, the movie's kind of a romance as well. So you got horror, romance, drama, road movie, gory scenes. I didn't think this movie would make my list. In fact, I rated it four stars when I when it came out. But the more I'm thinking about the movie, the more I like I want to rewatch it, and I can't I can't stop thinking about this movie. It's like creeping back in my mind. And I heard lots of reviews on this, and it made a lot of top horror lists. Um, but yeah, Bones and All, I loved it. Um, the more I think about it, and yeah, I don't know if it's something you'd like to watch, Eric, like the theme of cannibalism, but. Yeah. What do you think? I've never heard of this movie, honestly, and I'm surprised because Timothy, like Timo, he um he moves the needle nowadays, right? Like you tend to get his work be promoted heavily. Maybe I just miss yeah. those late night cannibal TV spots. Not in my wheelhouse, but um yeah, I mean it sounds interesting for sure. Like I'm I can definitely dabble in some horror. Like uh some of my favorite movies this year. We'll find out if they're on my list or not. Were horror movies. So actually one of them was like it was a cannibal led movie. So okay, yeah, no, this definitely sounds like it it uh, yeah. has some intrigue and uh, a lot of components that I might find interesting to devour, if you will. Yeah. <laughs> the just quickly, the strangest thing about this movie is the director. Luca, Luca Guadagnino, he actually directed like movies like Call Me By Your Name and more dramas. And he he did do another horror movie four years ago called Suspiria, but he doesn't dabble in this type of movie. So it was really weird to see him like, that's why I think Timo's in the movie because he's already worked with a director in an amazing movie, Call Me By Your Name. So it's like an artsy road horror movie. And yeah, that's all I'm going to say about it. And uh, we'll move on to your number four now. Yeah, no, I'll definitely add this one to the list as well. And that's what you got to love about lists that they add on to your own pre-existing list of, uh, right. for the most part, biblical lengths in uh, a lot of our books. So no, great stuff, Matt. My number four is um, one that I'm interested to see upon rewatch if it either moves up or down in my list. It's uh, Avatar The Way of Water. Absolutely love the movie. Nice. We talked about it last episode. I feel like it got... Some unwarranted hate by a few of my fellow podcast uh, discussers, but uh, that you will not find an ounce of hate in my bones and all for Avatar The Way of Water. <laughs> I love this movie, honestly. I feel like it completely lived up to the hype. My um, I guess spoiler alert here if you haven't seen it yet. 
My only complaint about Avatar would be the fact that the um, that my guy apparently Spider went and saved his um, potential father in the end. Like I would have loved to see that villain who I'm on the record as being a huge villain guy. I absolutely hated the villain in this movie. I wish he would have <laughs> just been killed in this one, honestly. Yeah. But that's my only complaint. So you know that guy's coming back in the next one. But no, Avatar 2 expanded on the world, which is something that I love about sequ- that a good sequel needs to do. Expand the lore. Bring us to a different portion of um, Pandora show us some different tribes, different way of life, the way of water, different creatures, awesome visuals, great action. That third act was one of my favorites of the year in any of the movies I've seen. Wow. Just exhilarating stuff, loved the fight scenes, and again, had a lot of emotional moments. There were three moments in that movie that were definitely tearjerker moments. I've already spoiled one thing, don't need to list these other three. If you've seen it, you know what I'm talking about. And, um, yeah, James Cameron said that he thinks Sully should become a, um, a household name whenever mainstream heroes in film are mentioned. And I believe that he'll be well on his way of accomplishing that feat with these subsequent movies. So Avatar Way of Water did exactly what it needed to do. And I love the movie. So that's my number four pick, Avatar The Way of Water. Uh, great pick, Eric. I I may have been. I remember our discussion last week, our last episode. Um, on here's I think Avatar two. I'm gonna love even more after after Avatar three comes out, and Avatar two will be like the two towers of the Avatar movies, like Lord of the Rings. Like, it'll it'll age really well. I've only seen obviously I've only seen Avatar two once. I was a little. I kind of wanted more at the end though. But again, it's the bridge movies, so. You brought up a lot of good points too, Eric. The world building, 10 out of 10, like 100% perfect. Just expanding on the world. And the the score, wasn't the score so rousing in cinema? Like, I just wanted to listen to that the whole time. The main theme. Um, but yeah, no, um, good pick, Eric. I, honestly, if I didn't include horror films on my list, it, it might have made my list, actually. Because I look back, you know what? I really freaking enjoy myself at the theater. So, yeah, good pick, Eric. Thank you. And that's Solid. a good, we'll see, like, time will tell, right? If it is, mm-hmm. it will be that two towers for this um, franchise. It's an interesting comparison. Mm-hmm. I like that. All right, my number three. Now we're dabbling into straight up horror movies because they are my favorites. So this is a favorites list. Num- at number three, I have the movie simply titled X. Mm. You can watch this on Amazon Prime. It's directed by a man who started his career so hot on fire directing great horror films and then hasn't done anything in like the last 10, 12 years. He comes out this year with two movies. And the one I'm going to talk about is called X. And it's about a group of actually adult film stars in the 70s trying to shoot a porn film, a pornography film. And they rent this old like farmhouse in Texas. And there's an old couple that owns it. And they are weird and shady AF, like shady as fuck. And it just starts from there and bodies start appearing and I'm not going to say anything else. But the cast in this movie is great. You actually have Jenna Ortega as one of the characters. She's helping shoot the movie. You have Mia Goth, the main, our main girl Mia Goth, who is an up-and-coming star just like Jenna Ortega or Anya Taylor-Joy. She's phenomenal in this movie. She plays Maxine, the main character. She wants to be a big star. Unfortunately, it happens to be in the adult film industry that she's stuck in. So... That's all she can take for the moment. 
other actors in the movie. You actually have Kid Cudi playing one of the characters, mm-hmm. and he's actually a good actor. Kid Cudi, yeah, he plays one of the, he plays like the male actor, lead in the porno. Yeah. What's up, Eric? Solid. He's sneaky good actor. Like I want to see him pop up in more yeah. stuff, and every time I do see him in something, I'm like, hey, Kid Cudi, like it's great. He's got he does have natural good charisma and good energy that make people gravitate towards the characters that he plays i find and also i've just loved his interviews i've seen a lot of his like he had a ted talk a few years ago and uh, very interesting a kid cuddy anyways i want to see him get more opportunities all i'm saying carry on with x i'm glad you said that because that's what makes the movie good is the side characters they're not just throwaways they're actually like good actors and you kind of care about them which means when there's kills it it the, there's more like there's more sentimental value and you see a lot of kids cutting this movie if you know what i mean a little too much sometimes <laughs> that's how i'm gonna say they are shooting an adult film after all um but no the highlight of this movie is the atmosphere the suspense and then when you get to it the kills i don't want to say much more everybody who likes horror films should watch x it's one of the best horror films of 2022 there's some just iconic, like just uh, not iconic, but just like spectacular shots. And Mia Goth, our main actress, is perfect. Um, and it's got like some of the best kills of the year. And I've watched a lot of horror films. It's got some of the best shots. And I don't know. I don't, I, I don't want to keep going on. But uh, X, recommended to everyone. It's on Amazon Prime. Check it out. Were uh, some of those kills and shots reminiscent of Art the Clown in Terrifier 2, perhaps? Or maybe we'll be getting into that later. We'll see. Well, okay, spoiler alert. We're not going to get into Art the Clown later. <laughs> because that was, like, that is, like, almost exploitation level excess Terrifier 2. X is actually tastefully done. You know, you get the gore, but it's not lingering too much. It's it's super well done, I'm telling you. And the whole movie is an homage to the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Like, what my favorite horror, one of my favorite horror films from the 70s. So, it's it's a perfect horror film pretty much in my opinion it's a 10 out of 10 horror film but yeah eric you got to check it out if you're on a horror binge go for it well texas chainsaw massacre as the listeners will remember scared the bejesus out of me yeah. so i guess x <laughs> i gotta watch it just for continuity purpose if it's inspired by the other one i gotta say i just gotta see what's happening in this one but no jenna ortega she's popping up in everything now killing the game yeah. a natural in these uh, maybe creepy settings as she was in x but a more playful environment well actually both of them are for different reasons but um yeah no x it sounds (laughs) sounds interesting i remember you talked about it on the pod a while back there but nice to see that it's on there it was that and pearl was the other one if i'm not mistaken right like the two that the two movies that the director dropped so okay right on Okay, so my next one, number three. Again, I just talked about this movie not too long ago, but no-brainer had to be on the list. Glass, Onion, and Knives Out Mystery. Loved this movie. It, like, again, we're talking about great sequels. I think Glass, Onion is that. There are kind of high expectations with Knives Out, the sequel to Knives Out, because for me, Knives Out kind of came out of nowhere. It was one of those movies that Ryan Johnson had just was coming off of a critically panned or very <laughs> polarizing movie in The Last Jedi. So any sort of reputation he had established in cinema, whether merited or not, was negative at this point. So his next movie, Gla- um, Knives Out, 
I don't know. I didn't have the highest expectations for. Blew me away. Absolutely love that movie. It's one of my favorites of 2019. So for this one now, that's the tricky part. Whenever a movie that no one's really expecting to have success does and then a sequel is ordered. Uh, Megan 2 is sure to be brutal on that note. Glass Onion... Um, it delivered on every level, honestly. Different casts, so you're starting from scratch, you're keeping Benoit Blanc, Daniel Craig. He elevated his game from, in my opinion, he was better in this movie than he was in the original Knives Out. I don't think this movie was better than the first one, mainly because the cast wasn't overall as strong, but as a whole, I did like a lot of the characters. Like, um, I forget the actress's name, but... The woman who played both Andy and Helen, like the double role, she was really good. Yeah. Um, Dave Bautista, Catherine Hahn was pretty solid. Um, yeah. Frig. Kate Hudson was good. Kate Hudson. A few others as well. Um, the girl from Outer Banks was solid. Uh, Whiskey. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, no, it was... Um, very good movie, very funny, a lot of good twists, and Edward Norton, of course, how could you forget? The, I, I just love the storytelling in this movie, honestly, like how they go back in time and show you the same events, but from a different perspective and unveiling a little more information every time. Like that, that happens a few different times from different characters' perspectives. I For me, it doesn't get old, honestly, and um, I'm looking forward to, again, similar with Avatar, what the next movie in this franchise will look like. Now the bar is even higher because they've been two for two now. So they have a lot more, um, a less margin for error, I would say. And uh, I, but I don't think they're going to disappoint, honestly, as long as Ryan Johnson and Daniel Craig stick together, they're a match made in heaven. And I strongly recommend anyone to watch both the knives out movies. They're fantastic. Eric, that glass onion was like my number five. Now it's my number six, but like I had it on my list at one point. Freaking so entertaining. Everything you said was great. Every I agree with everything you've said. Janelle Monet, uh, yeah, she was Janelle freaking Monet. killed it. Killed it. She's so beautiful and talented, and she just slayed the role. Um, and honestly, I can't wait to rewatch it because I'm knowing that I've seen the whole movie. Like I now I'm gonna look out for other things. I love movies like that. So yeah, good pick, Eric. Was was on my list really, and then I bumped it out for uh, all quite on the Western Front, but man, Glass Onion could be my number five so easily. Very surprising too, like how theater for a week and then Netflix, and it was that good. You know, could have easily just only been a theater, yeah. theater movie. So I'm kind of disappointed for the cast that and the crew, production crew, that it didn't get a longer theatrical run. I feel like it deserved that. And I feel like that's a movie that would have played well in the theater. Like there's some there. I remember there's specifically one line that I didn't personally laugh at, but I feel like if you're in the theater, there would have been other people who laughed. And then I would have joined into the laughter as well. It was when Kate Hudson's character, Birdie thought that a sweatshop was where they make sweatpants. And then her assistant's (laughs) explaining that to her. She's like, you thought the sweat. No, you didn't think that's where they made sweatpants. Like I didn't laugh. But I do feel like people laughed in a, in a room of people, I would have succumbed as well. Like that's just the effect of being in a room full of people who are laughing. And I watched it alone, so you don't get the same effect just on your couch, right? So that's why like, that's one of those movies I feel like it had enough moments that were just objectively funny, and um, a lot of it would have been elevated. To it, you probably get some people gasping yeah. in the audience too, like with the twists and stuff. Yeah. 
I watched it with my girlfriend, popcorn, drinks, and, like, we were kind of, like, trying to figure it out as we go along, you know, like, advantage of not being at the theater. But, like, we were totally off, too. Like, it was great. It was fun, like, playing along with the movie and calling it. So, that I mean, that's what my girlfriend does, which is, I mean, slightly annoying when she does it at the theater, but that's another story yeah. for another day. Uh, but a good pick, Eric. Good pick. Solid. Um, my number two. Eric, I'm so proud that you got Ty West's other movie that he directed that year, Pearl, because that is my number two. <laughs> like, good job. Uh, okay, Pearl, Ty West's second film that he directed this year, which, let me just start off by saying, a director's directing two solid movies in one year, that's like, that hasn't been done a lots of times. So, Ty West returned to form for a horror director. I was super happy. Um, Pearl is a prequel to the movie X. Pearl is actually the name of the old lady from that couple in X whose farmhouse that gets rented out to shoot the porno. So Pearl is one of the main characters in the movie X, but she's like 86 years old. This movie Pearl takes place when Pearl is about 20, I believe, takes place in 19, like during World War One. So it's kind of cool to see the young character become what she's going to become in X, which I won't say what that becomes. But Pearl is also actually played by Mia Goth. Mm. Now, to confuse everybody even more, in the movie X, the 86-year-old Pearl is also played by Mia Goth, but in full old makeup. So it's very, like, my, uh, kind of screws with your brain right there. But yeah, Mia Goth played three different characters, technically, in, uh, in in these two movies. All right, let's get back to Pearl. Pearl is shot like a 1940s Hollywood Technicolor film. A bit also like a melodrama. But this movie is not a drama. This is a straight up horror film and character study about Pearl, a girl who's not quite right. Right away, the movie starts out. She just murders this goose that's in the barn. They live on a farm. She straight up murders an animal. And you're like, what the hell? Something's not right with her. And her mom knows it. Her dad, who can't, uh, he's quadriplegic. Like he can't move his limbs. He can only like blink and look around. Like he's conscious. He just can't move. So his dad, her dad and his mom, know something's off with her. So they kind of shelter her. And she wants to be a big star and move out in the real world, like become an actress in silent films and be her own thing. A bit like the Maxine character in X. So there's lots of parallels there. So Pearl, she hap- she goes to the, like in the movie, she goes to the big city, has new experiences, but in the end, she's still batshit crazy and stuff happens and she gets, you know, she... She wants to be a big star, but she's not, right? Like, she's a little nuts. So stuff happens. There's lots of kills. This is like a drama, slasher, character piece movie. Um, It's freaking amazing, Eric. Mia Goth, who plays Pearl, like, she deserves an an Oscar nomination for this performance. No joke. There's a a scene in the movie. There's a seven-minute monologue she does. You're just glued to the screen. It's freaking amazing. Her face, her expressions. And also watching Pearl makes X even better because after watching Pearl, you understand the character of the old lady in X. Now, maybe I spoiled X a little by saying that Pearl is a little batshit crazy, but I mean, that won't ruin the movie for you. Um, But Pearl is a phenomenally well shot movie. Great kills, good character study. Go out and watch it, Eric. When it goes on streaming, jump on it. It's really, really good. Yeah, I'm just looking at the poster of it, and it does have that, like, I'm no decades movie poster expert, but it looks like it has that old school 1940s-esque 
vibe yeah. and if it's shot like that like that's really cool so ty west dropping two movies in a year you could almost say he had a boldy james-esque year just drop peppering the streets with content but uh, that's oh, awesome yeah. i've seen uh so i guess pearl drop came out after x and yeah do you imagine there'll be a a third movie in this series of films or has the entire story you think been wrapped up will mia goth be playing perhaps a granddaughter at some or more than a granddaughter like uh, something down the road i'm so glad you said that eric next year or this year 2023 the third movie's already been shot it's called maxine and it's her character from x and it follows her in the 80s like it's gonna be i mean spoiler alert she survives x but i mean it's she's the final girl she, it's going to be about her character after X in the 1980s. So there, there will be a third one to complete this trilogy. Everyone in the horror world is super excited for this movie after the quality of X and Pearl. So Maxine is a movie to look out for this year. Okay, right on. Her and Kid Cudi have conquered the porn world <laughs> and are now uh, on the big on the silver screen. <laughs> I doubt Perhaps, that. Is, I doubt that is the case. But, uh, okay, right on. So nice to see those. So I knew of those two movies, right? So I'm not surprised, but nice to see that both of them are on your list. So highly uh, touted. Um, number two for me is a movie that I actually just watched again last night for the second time just to make Ooh. sure that it was going to be this high on the list and it 100% merits that slot. And it is Matt Reeves's The Batman. Oh, yeah. So good. Such a good movie. Like, I have the theme song in my head as we speak. Not Something's in the Way by Nirvana, but the Batman walk out like, dun, 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 dun. Anyway, you know what I'm saying. So with the big bells and yeah. the piano. It's just awesome. So many things I love about this movie. I don't even know where to start. I think um, one thing that struck out or stood out to me while I was watching last night was like this is like an, a film noir so the whole tone of the movie is in the dark it's gray gray tones little gray worm you got the rain at all times eerie music detective vibes like Batman plays a detective Batman rendition in this one with um, police officer or detective James Gordon they're a, a dynamic duo the entire acting in this movie is phenomenal. I loved Zoe Kravitz. I was a little critical of her the first time we talked about this movie, but I loved her the second time around. John Turturro as a Falcone is amazing. Uh, Colin Farrell, so unrecognizable, so good as Penguin. And Robert Pattinson kills, kills it as uh, Bruce Wayne in The Batman. Can't wait to see what he's going to bring in this role for in future installments. But uh, no, this movie is just... An amazing movie. The runtime is justified, in my opinion. It builds up the uh, tension in this world and the entire plot in general. Like it just took that long to get everything into the light. Like I don't, I didn't really see any scenes that could have been cut or seen as filler. For me, it uh, didn't fly by on second viewing there, but it it didn't feel dragged out. And with subtitles, it definitely helped though to. For my um, retention of the content and understanding of the story. A very smart movie, honestly. And um, some good action in there, too. And like I already said, the music is another standout. Love that soundtrack. And, um, yeah, just a, a really, really good Batman movie. Very adult as well. 
Even it was it was rated PG thirteen, but it it had uh, tones of a rated R film, minus the gratuitous violence that you'd see in a X, for instance. <laughs> Phenomenal pick, Eric. It, it, this movie's in my top ten. I think had I seen the Batman in the last two months, I think it would have made my top five. I think recency bias played a lot in my list, like all these movies I watched in the last like three four months, and the Batman was early on this year, so I kind of like. You know what? Like I just said, had I watched it, um, can't, I love that movie. It's great. I, I've listened to the soundtrack just by itself, like in the car. It's freaking 10 out of 10. Great pick, Eric. I came out of, like, I didn't think you'd have that on your list. And when you said the Batman, I'm like, shit. Good pick. Good pick. Um, it's going to be remembered super highly, too. That, that movie's going to age really well, I believe. Like, it's going to be, so. unless, like, this, yeah, it's it's going to be looked at it, looked at fondly. Good pick. Uh, number ones. Yep. Ready for this? Let's find out. I honestly, my number one, I watched in the last like four days. And if you, I mean, if you see my letterbox, you'll know what it is. Um, but my number one movie is from the director of such classics as In Bruges or Three Billboards Outside Ebbing, Missouri. Um, but he directed this movie this year, simply titled The Banshees of Inisherin. Okay. Starring Colin Farrell and Brendan Gleeson. You also have like Barry Cogan in it and uh, Carrie Condon and um, like all good Irish actors pretty much that you'd recognize. This movie floored me, Eric. I had re- I'd heard about it. My mom had highly recommend high recommendation from my mom. I knew what the story was about. I'm like, okay, how's this going to keep my attention for two hours? And you know what? The acting is 10 out of 10. The dialogue is the best part of the movie. Super, super well written. This director also writes his movies, Martin McDonough. Like, just like Three Billboards and In Bruges, the script is razor sharp. Very smart, very darkly funny, just like all of his other movies, dark comedy. But you're always wanting to know, like, you always want to go to the next scene to be like, you want to find out what's going to happen. And this, the, the Banshees of Inisherin, I, I, I wanted to know, like, what was going to happen at the end. I was so intrigued, Eric. I just got sucked in hard in this movie. Uh, Colin Farrell, like, you, he, he plays a character that you wouldn't expect him to play. Brennan Gleeson's always, like, I mean, phenomenal. But, like, let's just quickly, it's about two buddies that, have, like, two friends that have been friends for so long. And then one day, Brennan Gleeson says... Don't talk to me. I don't want to be friends anymore. You bore me. Just don't talk to me anymore. We're not friends anymore. Colin Farrell is like, why? And the whole movie is about figuring out what happened and why that is. The movie is also has a lot of political allegories, and I'm not going to talk about them. If you after you watch the movie, Eric, well, t- we can talk about it like next. I can talk about it later on, but I don't want to ruin that for anybody. After I watched the movie, funny enough, I actually called my mom because I really desperately needed to talk to someone about this movie because. There's some stuff at the end that's you have to talk about, basically. And my mom explained a lot of stuff to me that I completely went over my head in this movie. Completely over my head. And I'm like, how did I miss all that? But my mom's a smart woman. She caught everything. So The Banshees of Inisherin Loved it. My favorite movie of the year. Um, I did just... It's the last movie I watched. So is it... Like, am I high on that feeling? Maybe. But freaking brilliant movie, Eric. You got to check it out. Not just assuming I haven't seen this movie. 
And you oh. are correct. I have not seen this. Oh. Movie. It's uh, it was one that uh, so you're bookending your list with movies that I've had on my list and just wanted to watch but haven't gotten around to. Banshees of Inisherin are is one of those movies, and um, it's too bad because I've only heard good things except for um like I've heard from one person that they feel like there's some context clues that would have helped their understanding of the movie. Like there's a lot of um like. Irish Revolution yes. knowledge that you may need to have to understand certain things that are happening, which, hey, like, I've been to Belfast. I did some walking tours. I don't remember too much of it, so maybe I need <laughs> a little Wikipedia refresher course real quick before I watch this movie because I definitely do want to get around to it. I'm glad to hear that you liked it and that it's on your list. Honestly, I was wondering if it would be, but I, I didn't think it would be your number one, honestly, so I figured it wouldn't be there when you got to number one. But uh, no, it's uh, great to see. So I'm, I'm excited to watch it and uh, let you know what I think, definitely. And I knew I had, I had no idea what the plot was, so you didn't say too much either there, too, which is fine. Hell, I spoiled something in Avatar 2, so uh, that's <laughs> that's awesome, and I'm, I'm looking forward to watching that one. It's on Disney+, Plus actually, so check it out, yep. people. Okay. I guess I'll go with my number one. Um, this has been my pretty much since I saw it. It was my number one. It was kind of a Denzel Curry melt my eyes to your future situation. <laughs> so for me, it's a um, no brainer. Top Gun Maverick. That was my favorite movie of the yeah. year. Had an absolute blast with this one in the theater. Again, another one that people were talking about before it was out saying that, oh, this is going to be the movie of the summer. It's going to be the movie of the year. I'm like, all right, let's let's pump the brakes a little bit on this. Like, it's a, a Tom Cruise action movie. And honestly, maybe I just wasn't putting enough respect on Tom Cruise's name before Top Gun Maverick. Because people say that these, these Mission Impossible movies, lately anyways, have been quality films. Like, the pinnacle of action. So I got to, first of all, watch those movies. But Top Gun <laughs> Maverick, I love this movie. It was from the jump, I was hooked at the cinematography and just the quality of the shots they were able to get. The fact that you know these actors are in these these planes as well, did the training, are doing a lot of their own stunts. You know Tom, um, Tom Cruise is doing his own stunts. It makes it even more impressive and just a fun watch. Like it's a, it gets you in a good mood. There may be a few intense moments in there, but nothing that like nothing too intense. Like this and Devotion, so bookending my list are two flight movies, like movies set in the skies. Um, they're completely different movies, and I am um, just love the vibe of this one. Again, we're talking about great third acts, which um, I cited Avatar as being one of my favorite ones. I was extremely fired up in the theater for the third act of Top Gun Maverick. I was legitimately edge of my seat, jaw on the floor, like at how cool these shots were of our our main characters flying through the the mountains. Just unreal to watch. And if you haven't seen Top Gun Maverick yet, like I would watch it. I'm interested to see how it does on second viewing and not in the theaters. That's where I could see that maybe. In a few years, I reminisce on 2022. Maybe it, it could drop. But based on my theater experience with this movie and the feeling that it gave me, this is like nothing came close really to this. So Top Gun Maverick, uh, if you didn't get the chance to see it in theaters, I'm sorry for you. Because this is legit the movie that you had to see in theaters last year. And how many movies can truly say that? I don't think there are that many nowadays. So... Top Gun Maverick, 
Say what you will about Tom Cruise like I used to. Hell of a movie. Hell of a movie. Damn, great pick, Eric. Yeah, this movie would have made my top... It made my top ten. I was one of the poor souls who did not see it at the theater. I watched it at home on my projector. <laughs> and it was still freaking amazing. So that just goes to show you how great the movie is. The movie... I, I felt like one of the last humans on Earth to have seen the movie. It was hyped... <laughs> To the, hyped so much for me and you know what it, never, it didn't disappoint which shows you how good the movie is and my mom's seen the movie like three or four times three times at the theater actually and she says it doesn't go down in quality so there you go um, solid 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 pick Our best blockbuster movie of the year for sure Yeah. want me to I'll start with uh, TV shows number five or actually do you want me to start TV shows I can get us going with that little reverse Sure, sure. Do it. Finishing off this one. Uh, Okay, so I'll just say real quick, for me, making this list was way harder. I watched so many TV shows last year. I did, I had done a full rundown a while ago, and it was like 16 shows that I watched last year. I didn't, I didn't list them all this time for this episode. I just listed my top shows, really, and then narrowed it down from there. Very tough. Like, especially this number five one could have been changed with a few others, like, razor sharp margin so number five i'll just go season two white lotus that was my fifth favorite show of the year i didn't see white lotus season one when it dropped in 2021 i was a little late to the game on that one very weird show honestly overall it doesn't have like your traditional storyline really it's just a lot of characters in a setting so uh an upper echelon resort in season two set in Sicily and um, it's just these characters like all rich characters for the most part who have their own little existential crises and are dealing with their own little baggage and demons and it all culminates in a murder so that's basically what you get from the first scene of each season someone dies on the resort and then you're just going back in time and seeing the events that led up to that so it's not a spoiler at all the whole time you're kind of guessing oh who's it going to be like obviously there's a lot of different possibilities of who could end up being the one who gets the the knife to the back the bullet to the head you you get what Mm -hmm. i'm saying so just a very good show season two is better than season one my opinion love the cast in this one aubrey plaza killed it i don't know if she got nominated for an emmy for this one but definitely deserved it I know Jennifer Coolidge did and won. She's very good. Uh, Theo James is really good too. He um, plays like the perfect douchebag really in that show. And uh, the overall great ensemble cast. Um, yeah. So Michael Imperioli as well. Great to see him uh, back into the fold. I was waiting for that. <laughs> yeah. 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 Nice. I had to mention him. So yeah. White Lotus season two. Watch it on Crave. It's a great show. Did you get a chance to watch this, Matt? I did not, but my dad's watched it and really likes it too. And he was describing the show pretty in depth to me at uh, okay. last time we had dinner together, and it was it piqued my interest. And like each season's completely different, right? Like uh, each season's a standalone. Perfect. Yep. Um, no, I did not. Honestly, my t- this list was so hard for me to make because my TV game's lacking. I only had like I had a very short list to choose from, you know. So I feel like your list is going to be more like. You've seen much more variety than me, so you can form a better list. Uh, but yeah, no, White Lotus. It's okay, so you're highly recommend. Aubrey Plaza, yeah. freaking love her. She hosted so Saturday good. Night Live and recently, and she was great. Um, okay, sweet. 
My number five is the Guillermo del Toro's Cabinet of Curiosities, that anthology series. Not all the episodes are great, but the ones that are like good are like amazing. And they're really like cool, cool ideas. I may have talked about it before. Each episode's a standalone, like a mini movie. Really dug it. Very horror and uh, like supernatural vibes. A lot of supernatural stuff, but like that's right up my alley. So if you like the macabre and like suspenseful stuff, uh, the Cabinet of Curiosities, I highly recommend it. You had good actors in there too, like Andrew Lincoln was in one episode. And no, there's there's some decent stuff. The guy who plays uh, Frey, I forget his name. He was the bad guy in the Punisher series with John uh, Bernthal. Yeah, really yeah, tall um, actor. Is yeah. it Ben Barnes? Ben Barnes. Yeah. Thank you, Eric. Yeah. He was in an up. Yeah. So, no, Cabinet of Curiosities is my number five. Um, yeah. You know, I remember you talking about it. And, okay, solid, uh, solid actors in there. We'll have to add it to the list as well. So, for me, actually, you said I've seen more shows than you, so I'll have a wider range. I, I know you've seen this show, so we can both probably be on your list as well so my number four is house of the dragon game of thrones presents house of the dragon thought it'd be higher on my list honestly based on um, how i felt about it at the time but then i went back and looked at everything else i'm like you know what i like these shows more at the end of the day like when they're on and i really loved house of the dragon when it was on every sunday there weren't many times that i found that it wasn't a good episode i think it's a great first season of this show the um the only complaints that I have that maybe bump this down a little bit is that you didn't get to have the same attachment with the characters because of all the time jumps. When you're recasting actors, it's tough to keep continue to care as much as when you see the same character on a week-to-week basis and know that they're still dealing with what happened in last week's episode or not too long after. Whereas in this, it's like, oh yeah, three years have passed now. Like, okay, well, what's happened in all that time, right? You get a little yeah. context clues. That... I will concede is a big weakness of this show. But overall, I still believe in the quality of this show is fantastic. A lot of great acting. And um, the intrigue is there. Sick dragons. Some good action. One of my most hated characters in Kristen Cole of all time. Can't wait to see his face get caved in. Um, great show. And the season ends with a bang. Like That's, that's going to be my one of my most anticipated shows of 2024. Can't wait for that. So House of the Dragon season yeah. one, number four for me. I'll save my thoughts for uh, in a wee bit. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, good pick, Eric. <laughs> my number four is actually a show I never thought would make a list like this, but my number four is Wednesday. Oh, nice. Because it was so, yeah, it was so goddamn entertaining. And I had a bl- I watched it with my girlfriend. We binged it in like two nights. It was, I I look back fondly on those two nights. Like, it was so fun to watch it and try to figure it out, figure out the twists. Jenna Ortega really sells the show. Like, she kind of hides some of the flaws in the show, which, you know, like, it's Harry Potter ripoff. And, like, it's not, it's predictable. But, like, she's great in it. Love the setting. Love the, the fantastical elements in the show. You know, be it just hand moving around or like the creatures, but no, Wednesday was a lot of fun. That it's not, it's far from perfect. It's far from the production value of like House of the Dragon or other shows, but I had a lot, a lot, I had a lot of fun with Wednesday and I kind of like had fun watching it with my girlfriend and I loved the experience of watching it. And I think it was a big hit this year, surprise hit. So, but yeah, number four is Wednesday. Love that pick. I was going to have it on my list too, honestly. It would have come in at that number five spot. 
Um, Andy and I watched it together too. Ton of fun to watch it. We were both hooked. Didn't watch it that fast. Like we spread out a little bit more to make the show mm-hmm. last a little longer. But yeah, definitely one that could have been on my like. If we're doing a top ten, it's there for sure for me. It just came down to like I watched so many other shows that it um, unfortunately didn't make it. But a lot of fun and um, what you identified as a strength in like that it wasn't too serious, a little predictable is maybe another reason why like I edged out White Lotus because it had that, like I had no idea in which way they were going. Whereas Wednesday, I was able to call a few things, like obviously not everything there. They had a lot of great twists. And like, I love the show overall. I'm just really nitpicking here on the thought process. Mm-hmm. But um, no, Wednesday, Jen Ortega killed it. Thing, dynamite. Um, can't <laughs> wait for season two as well. Very good show. Um, nice. Number three for me, a show I completely forgot that I watched last year, which is <laughs> a testament to how strong last year was and also a very scary thing. Um, so for me, it would be the sixth and final season released in two parts of Better Call Saul. I am, um, I had, when I saw this, I was like, I have to add this one on my list. I was absolutely hooked when this show released every week, the quality was honestly, it's probably the best. Oh no, I won't say that, but it was like, like top, top quality of a show that I watched last year. A lot of great dialogue, writing, twists, acting, production value elevates the world of breaking bad. One of my favorite shows of all time. And that's a show that just got better and better and better with each season. Season six was the best season of this show. And it's a show that, despite its extremely slow start, managed to turn into something like arguably with even more tension than Breaking Bad at certain points. And for different reasons, honestly, like they, uh, they did an absolutely dynamite job closing this show out. And um, they honestly got robbed in the amount of nominations and wins that they did not receive. That's um, a, a travesty. And if anyone wasn't able to get into Better Call Saul because of its slow start, don't let that deter you. By season two, if not, like by three, you'll be really into it for three. sure. And yeah. um, man, like the the characters they introduce as this show goes on, like Lalo Salamanca, so good. One of my favorite characters in the Breaking Bad universe. So, um, Better Call Saul Season 6. Very good show. All right. Well, where do I start? Uh, this would have been on my list if I actually had watched the last season. Uh, <laughs> I hate to admit this, but, like, like, don't kick me off the show. But my only, like, tr- this is just the truth. My only means of watching Better Call Saul the last season, like, the last few episodes would be, like, illegally. And I feel like, I don't know, I'm going to wait till it comes out on Netflix. Like, I started watching it on this website, and I'm like, yeah, I'll just wait because it was not loading properly. But, like, I'm on episode three of the last season, and I was freaking digging it, Eric. And it's a show, too, like you said. First few seasons, I wasn't sure where it was going, you know, with Chuck and, like, the brother. You know, like, I was I didn't know what was happening. I was like, what the hell is this? But then when, like, Gus is in there and not, and Lalo and, you know, ugh. And there was a throwaway line in Breaking Bad where Saul's tied in the desert and uh, Jesse and uh, Walter there. And they're, and he's like, who sent you? Did he send? And he's mentioning characters from Better Call Saul. So like Vince Gilligan, genius, genius. Um, 
great. I can't wait to finish it. I can't wait to finish it. I would just watch that illegally at this point, honestly. That show ain't coming okay, on Netflix okay. for a long time. You know how long I waited for season five to come on Netflix? Like, I would just okay. get on that website. We can bleep the URL out. And, uh, yeah. I think I'll watch it tonight. I'll watch it tonight uh, before bed. There we go. You're right, Eric. Why? What's stopping me? You only live once. Frig. I, I, yeah. And I saw... Okay, just super quick tangent. I saw Bob Odenkirk do, like... Um, an, uh, an audition for my, the Michael Scott character in The Office like when he was young and like I, I'm like in my head I'm like he would have never have been Saul if he had gone like the Michael Scott role like we would never have gone Saul Goodman if he had gone The Office right is my thought so like everything happens for a reason he was made to play he was Bob Odenkirk was m- meant to play Saul Goodman so yep. well great pick Eric great pick Um, I'm at number three now just talked about it House of the Dragon. Um, even though the time jumps, we already talked about it, but like, here's the thing. Here's why it's number three on my list. Every freaking Sunday night, or I, I mean, I'd watch it the Monday because I don't want to stay up too, too late, but I was super excited to watch the episode. I got sucked into Westeros. Love, like, the look of the show is perfect. Perfection. I still, like, even, like, I forgive its little minor flaws. To me, nothing's nothing's been jarring so far in the sense that it's gone, it taken me out of the show. I'm still really into it. I'm going to give it, can't wait for season two. Like I said, we've already, you've already mentioned all the good stuff. But yeah, number three, really enjoyed the show. The quality of the show is 10 out of 10. Maybe some of the choices with the time jumps and all that and the storytelling isn't perfect. We know it. I mean, we talked about it. It isn't, but uh, yeah, that's my number three, House of the Dragon. I mean, you all know my thoughts on it. I actually had House of the Dragon. When I was starting my list up. I, I had it at number two, but then I had I started wow. going down the shows that I watched, and it got bumped down a little bit there. But uh, yeah, no, great show. And you saying that some of the stuff hasn't been jarring? I think you like you mean in a way where like it's the quality is still like top notch, and not like some of the decisions they made in Game of Thrones because. When you said that, it just yes, made me think yes. of all like the nasty stuff that they had in that show, like the the births, the the deaths, like the killing of the the elk and all that. Like there has been some very tough stuff to watch on there, but I don't think that's what you meant. I, mean, I just wanted to comment on like they freaking like every single episode there was something. I was yeah. like, my god, do we need to be showing this right now? I, I I guess I meant to say nothing's deterred me yeah. from stopping to watch, like from stopping the show. Nothing's like told me like ah, this is stupid. Yeah, no. No, good point. I'm glad you said that, Eric. <laughs> Poor choice of words. No, it's all good. Um, okay, number two, another one that we did a full episode on, Stranger Things Season 4. Best season of the show mm. so far, in my opinion, honestly. Um, because it had those jaw-dropping moments, those like, some of the best episodes in the entire series so far. You don't have to look any further than Episode 7, with my dog Vecna, I've already talked about it in the episode. Don't need to fully get into it again. But that was just such a sick moment. It's one of my favorite moments in TV show history in 2022. But I um yeah, I loved season four. While um traditionally when kid actors start to age, you, they kind of start to lose their appeal. Like you, like we've already talked about on the pod. Like we we love to see kids take on these unbelievable adversaries and against all odds stories they come out on top we love that like which is what we got in season one and then in seasons two and three we start to get a little more of like the relationship 
stuff with the kids and like Mike's being a whiny bitch all the time with 11 and stuff. <laughs> but in this season, like it took a different turn and it stopped to be um, teenager. And like they're getting to the more adult realm and um, it's working honestly, even though they are still kids really, like they're not adults, but it feels, it feels like they're really more grown up and I can't wait for season five. Like when they'll actually be adults for the most part, most of them. And uh, yeah, but no season four, great stuff. It finally gave us a formidable villain and um, with a great backstory, some good um, fleshing out of Eleven's past. The episode length was outstanding. Like I, We both agree that we had no issues with how long the episodes were. They could have even been longer yeah. and wouldn't have had any complaints. Now, it was a, a season of television unlike anything I've ever seen, honestly. They had a two and a half hour episode in there. Let's just let that marinate. Probably longer than... 80% of the movies on our list today. Mm-hmm. Right? So it was something yeah. else. That's my number two pick Stranger Things season four. Uh, where do I start? Okay, so this would have been my number one, but I don't know. In my brain, when I was making the list, I was like, I'm only going to pick things that came out. Like the first season came out in 2022, or sh- like limited series that came out in 2022. Oh, okay. Um, I guess we should have discussed it, but like this, Eric, <laughs> I freaking loved season four of Stranger Things. It would have been this would have been my number one. Oh, but I kind of set strict parameters for myself where it had to like debuted it in 2022, right? Mm, okay, okay. And honestly, my list would have been totally different now that I think of it. If it would have been Damn. like seasons that would have been in 2022. So, anyways, well, if you want, great, you can make some quick like, modifications on the spot. Like that might yeah. be like some pressure there, but uh, okay. I'm gonna, but my uh, my last two shows, like, I really love too, so I'm gonna talk about those. But like, Stranger Things four, like, the highest recommendation from me. We had it, we talked about it already. Freaking, I can't wait for the next season, right? Like, it's gonna be epic. Um, it's cool seeing characters mature, like on like the evolution from season one to four, like just the actors growing up and like they're still playing the same characters. I love that shit. Like, it's not doing a season every year type thing. Like, I love that. Um, good pick, Eric. Solid, solid pick. Um, my number two is hard to choose too. Like I'm flip flopping. My one and two could be like interchangeable, interchangeable. Um, but I'm gonna go number two. I'm picking the Dahmer show on Netflix, hmm. the miniseries starring Evan Peters, about the about Jeffrey Dahmer, one of the most famous, notorious serial killers in the United States. If there was a Mount Rushmore of serial killers, he would be on there. So much has been written and done about him. It's crazy. Um, what's crazy about this show is it recreated some scenes, like some, like, just give an example. Like his apartment in real life was recreated for this show, like to the exact detail of what movie he was watching when he killed this certain individual or, or the night he got caught, actually. And stuff like like they took crime scene photos and recreated it perfectly, which uh, some people would say like they shouldn't do that. They're exploit they're it's exploitation. They're why are we fascinated by that? Why are we showing that we should respect the victims families? But anyways, Evan Peters best actor of the year in a TV show, in my opinion, um, he was so creepy as a Jeffrey Dahmer. Every episode I was so like, it was so, the show was so compelling. I just wanted to keep going I wanted more. I only we only get like a little taste of like what he's done, but you know he's done so much more than this. Um, 
he's a very fascinating individual. I say fascinating. I don't want to glorify him, but it's really what what fascinates me about Jeffrey Dahmer is he doesn't think he did anything wrong, and he has an excuse for every goddamn thing he did, and it's ridiculous. Like. You know he did it. He killed people. But in his head, he justified it as like, no, I was only doing this. I was only doing that. No, this happened. Like, even to the cops, his his confessions were like, he doesn't think he did anything wrong. He was just like, I put all my victims to sleep. They didn't feel anything. Like, I was, I was good. Like, he's so freaking, what is wrong with this person? Anyways, Dahmer, I love the show. It's super dark, but it's right up my alley. Super morbid. Uh, I don't even know if you'd find it interesting, Eric. Like, it's it's fucked up, but, like, it's it's number two because of the quality of the show, and I was it was so compelling to me. Yeah, I don't know if I'll, I'll watch this show, honestly. It's um, definitely not always easy to watch a show, like, based on, like you said, down to the, the minute detail exact of how... Um, of what a care a person did to other people in uh, real life. So I don't mm-hmm. know. It's um also not necessarily a um a genre that like I gravitate towards. But I've heard yeah. like very good things about it. And uh, Evan Peters gotten a lot of praise for playing that character for playing Jeffrey Dahmer. And um, but no, interesting. It's a solid pick though. Like I've heard good things. I don't know if I'll get to it. Maybe one day. Who knows? But um. Okay, nice. And I think they're doing a series on other serial killers as well. I want to yeah. say like they're going to try to keep making more of these movies. So, hey, it's popular and um they keep getting actors who play the character that keep saying character the the person well. It's, um they'll be they'll keep having success with those ones. So, my next one is um I've known pretty much right away that it was my favorite of the year well not right away but as we were getting into the season I'm like all right this just like this show has not missed and um very happy to say that it didn't miss throughout its entire run that I tuned in every single Wednesday when new episodes are released that would be Uh. a show that made its debut in 2022 and or just amazing Uh, show absolutely amazing show I've uh Held my tongue a little bit on uh, how much praise I want to give this show on here because, Matt, you haven't seen it. I'm not going to spoil it, but I love this show. Like, it's, um, I, when I hesitated to say that Better Call Saul had the best quality of any show, it was, I was referring to Andor because of how great everything is down to the production value, the diet, the writing is, we, you've never seen writing like this in Star Wars ever, other than in this show um rogue one is pretty good dialogue and a lot of the uh, writing that is hand i think the creator of the show andor is the writer from rogue one like that makes sense tony gilroy and there are a lot of homages to rogue one like little lines that are mentioned in rogue one come back in um andor and uh yeah no just a master class of acting by quite a few actors in this show like stellan skarsgård definitely kills it in this and a lot of other minor actors as well like the supporting cast is dynamite you it's crazy what they're able to do with this cast of people this slew of characters that you had no ties to previously and are able to become so attached to which is what i've always criticized about rogue one and that 
I never cared once about these characters. But upon seeing Rogue One a bunch of times more now, I, I, can't, I care about them a little more. But Andor, it's, it's completely different. And it truly enriches the legacy of the character Cassian Andor, who I, like I said, never thought deserved to have his own show. But thank God, I'm very happy that they did give him this show because... Not only is the story interesting, the presentation of the narrative is very, like it just works. It's three episode mini arcs that resolve themselves but contribute towards a greater plot that's happening in this world. And um, yeah, no, it was by far the best Star Wars show of the year. And I like truly think that it rivals The Mandalorian as the best Star Wars um content we've gotten in these disney plus shows post disney acquisition anyways for sure wow so no andor is fire i can't wait for mandalorian season three though because that's definitely gonna probably sway me back on the mandalorian side but it's completely mm-hmm. different to mandalorian like it's it's not that action heavy um just um popcorn not i don't want to say popcorn but just yeah action heavy mando this is really more political game of thrones esque you got to be paying attention to why certain people are saying things to other characters and uh, everything comes back like you do have to be paying attention in this show and uh, i love that star wars went down this route with the show which is what we wanted when we talked about andor previously so that's my number one show of 2022 uh i'm speechless right now um <laughs> i feel like my credibility shot because i have not even watched andor as you know because I would have talked about it by now. Um, I said I was gonna watch Better Call Saul tonight, but maybe I should just pop in. I, I should pop on Andor. <sighs> Let me just collect my thoughts for a second. With a with a year that had shows such as like Obi Wan Kenobi and like the Marvel shows, like who would have thought that Andor? And I've heard nothing but great things about Andor, by the way. Who would have thought that Andor was the surprise? Would be the hit, right, Eric? Crazy. Like if we go back to the episode with Derek, yeah, yeah, like did would we have, we didn't give anything we didn't give any. There was no hype for this show. Like this quietly came and became the biggest hit. Wow, I will be talking about this show when I watch it. I want to yeah. say that I said that it would be like the it had the potential to be the one division of these Star Wars shows, uh, but okay. like I can't def I definitely cannot, and I'm not saying this. That I predicted it would be this good. I'm definitely not saying that. But no. back when it was announced, I was extremely critical of it. Like I, I was hating on Andor, didn't want it. But I had the same stream of thought with them, um, or train of thought with One Division. Like I didn't want this show at all, and it ended up being it's one of my favorite Disney Plus Marvel shows still to this day. So that's where I made the comparison. There might have been uh, like a joking comment as well, but with a bit of truth to it, and it ended up being. Like pretty spot on, but um, yeah, no, Andor, it's uh, good stuff. The first two episodes have been criticized as being a little slow, which is why they released the first three episodes on the same day, which I think was mm. a, the right call. Like, if you're waiting two weeks to get to episode three, like that definitely would have deterred people from continuing to watch. Wasn't the case for me, like, I loved the first two episodes, I had no problem with them, but they are slow. They're like seasons one and two of Better Call Saul in one episode each. So, um, get through those by episode three. You ain't looking back. I can guarantee you that. Okay. I'm glad. I'm super glad you said that. Cause full disclosure to the listeners, I did watch episode one and I was like, okay, I don't need to watch this right away. <laughs> uh, 
I feel like such a chump right now. Jesus. <laughs> it's true. Like, there's other stuff going on, other stuff to watch, yeah, things yeah. to do, people to see. You know, you know what it is. So. I put on the back burner. I was like, I'm going to get to Andor. I even saw previous guest Jesse Ravel rate it extremely high, and he's very strict. <laughs> so I was like, shit, this, this show must be perfection. Um, cause he's very stern reviewer. So great. Andor. Okay. I'm going to watch it tonight. Forget better call Saul. Yeah. I think I can get through Andor a lot quicker too. Anyways. Yeah, for sure. Um, like, I mean, there's still sweet. like 40 minute episodes, but yeah, I would watch uh, Andor first, honestly. Okay. Sweet. Damn. I can't top that number one, Eric. I knew Andor would be on your list too. And when you weren't talking about it, I'm like, shit, it's that good, isn't it? And it is that good. Apparently. Damn it. My number one is actually a show that we kind of like ripped at the start, but it got a lot better, and it's She-Hulk. Oh, yeah, right. Okay. No, I can't. I can't, I can't keep a straight face. <laughs> I don't even think I got you going for a second. You got, I mean, you. I mean, kind of did, but not really. <laughs> okay. Okay, my number one show is actually. I mean, it's a world that I fell in love with when I was 10 years old and I saw the first movie at the theater. And then they decided to make a TV show about the world of J.R.R. Tolkien. And the show, my number one show is The Rings of Power. And the reason why it's number one is because when I think back on the show, yes, it has, it's not perfect. It's, it was a little slow at, at, at the start, but it ended, it finished very strongly and I think season two is going to be amazing. But the stuff I loved in Rings of Power, I adored more than any anything in all the other shows. So that's why Rings of Power is my number one. Um, like what I loved about this show, I loved more than anything else. And it ended super strongly. And the look, the setting, like the the production value of the show, I don't think was equal this year. Like they put it, they put in so much money and they made they made it look really good. So. Um, yeah, I was flip-flopping, flip-flopping between Dahmer and Rings of Power, but at the end of the day, Rings of Power, I'm so much like, I have a huge smile on my face when I'm watching it. It just had to be my number one because I'm such a huge Lord of the Rings fan. I love that whole world, the mythology, the characters. Yeah. So that's why Rings of Power is my number one. I know it might be a little surprising. I don't know. I don't remember talking about, like, I wasn't like super over the moon about it when we did our episode, Eric, I remember, but when I look back, it's really a show like season two. I'm pumped for more than like season two of House of the Dragons, just because I'm such a huge Lord of the Rings fan. So, yeah, Rings of Power number one. I don't know, is it total shock, Eric, or kind of expected? No, I, I mean I was pretty sure that was gonna be your number one. Like as we were yeah. going through it, and you said Dalmer number two. I'm like, all right, it's gonna be. I, I was fairly confident lord of the rings number one maybe not when we started nice. the list I, I didn't think that would be your number one but as we got further down the line i'm like yeah that's what it is um great pick honestly <laughs> i think um i'm honestly I'm, i think i'm the only person i have spoken to about this these two shows that preferred house of the dragon to rings of power like everyone else i know and you as well now are more on the rings of power train so yeah. I think I gotta give this yeah. one another rewatch because I did watch almost every episode of House of the Dragon twice, and I did not do that with Rings of Power. And you're right, the production value was better in Rings of Power. Like the quality of them, a lot of it's CGI, right? But obviously, a lot of it is also filmed in New Zealand. But like the 
Khazad Doom, for example, like where the dwarves are, that whole world is all CGI and it looks just breathtaking. Whereas mm-hmm. House of the Dragon, while yes, the dragons did look really cool, there are a few scenes that you look at and you're like, okay, this looks clearly computer generated. And while we know that is the case with Khazad Doom, like it, it looks, it could be completely real. So, or it looks like it was shot on location. So, I think it edges House of the Dragon there for sure. The storyline was interesting too. I mean, I, I liked a lot of the characters in Rings of Power, and I loved the ending. Like that ending, like House of the Dragon though, they both fired me up and got me pumped for the next season. Now, I, I'm, I think Rings of Power has a lot of potential, and I think that was one of your points when we did the episode, is that it has probably more potential than House of the Dragon with what we're going to see with Sauron now, the forging of the rings, yeah. some power, like different magical abilities we're going to see. You know, uh, that's um might be a blind spot on my part to, to put White Lotus ahead of Rings of Power, but that's where I'm at today. So um, we'll see what uh, rewatch offers for me. But no, it was, a, it was a great show. I had a great time with it, honestly. Awesome. We did get a lot of listener submissions for both movies and TV shows, so I'll just siphle through these one listener at a time or maybe do some grouping at the same time. So the first submission we got from on the movies front was from the homie Sasha. He said, Morbius, so bad that it was funny and worth mentioning. So I have not seen Morbius, such a bad movie that it's good. Some people have these takes with movies. I guess that was his take. And um, Morbius did look terrible. I called it from the jump. Like when the, the initial trailers were out years in advance, I had zero interest yeah. in seeing this movie. It looked like whenever you see Sony and Marvel pop up one next to the other, you know you're in for a dumpster fire. So this is probably what that was. And it's even what Sasha said here. It was so bad, it was funny. So have you seen Morbius, Matt? Have you gotten around to it? I heard it's an absolute dumpster fire. So no, I'm staying well, (laughs) like far away from it. The next submission was from my cousin, Dan. So he also submitted Knives Out, Glass Onion. Great pick. Nice. Don't need to to delve into that one again, but uh, love that it's getting some love. The next one was from the homie former guest as well, Klesin. Hers was uh, Fantastic Beasts and Where to Find Them, The Secrets of Dumbledore. Very on brand. We had an episode with her on those movies, yeah. on that movie specifically. Um Matt, where did that rank for you? Like, was it in contention? Was um, Secrets of Dumbledore? I mean, it wasn't in contention, but I, I really enjoyed the movie. It just, I've seen, a, I watched a lot of movies. Like, I'd put like 30 horror films I watched before it because, but I'm super biased, right? I love horror films. Uh, but it was a very enjoyable movie, so good pick. Yeah, no, it was. Uh, like I said, probably my most enjoyed movie of the Fantastic Beasts franchise, maybe coming to a close second to the first one, but miles ahead of the second installment in that trilogy. Yes. No, solid pick. Um, We got a couple of Top Guns from two of my coworkers, Charles and Brooke. They both said Top Gun Maverick were their favorite movies of the year. And we also got a, uh, the Batman from my mom. So she also submitted the Batman. Great pick. Number two. Good taste. Yep. Runs Better than favorite. the Dark Knight. I mean, uh, they, like, 
it, it's different than the Dark Knight, but it yeah it might have a claim. Like I, I probably like the Dark Knight more. Honestly, anyway, we don't need to get into this, Matt. Come on. Okay. <laughs> well, sh- we'll shelve that for another day. Yeah. Well, I mean, we already did an episode on the Dark Knight, and we talked about <laughs> Batman in that episode, so we're not going over this again in a full episode. But uh, no, it's, okay. it's, a, it's a great movie. Like I, I love how different it is than the Dark Knight, and um, it uh, really did a lot of good things well. So and then okay, so we got a couple other movies. So actually, so another one of my coworkers, Will, said Glass Onion as well, and my nice. friend TK also said Bullet Train as his movie. That was contention for me for maybe not my top five, but if we were doing a top ten, I freaking. Such a blast, that movie, Bullet Train. So, good, good pick. It was. I, I mean, I haven't seen it, but I've only heard good things, and uh, I want to. That's another one that I wanted to get around to watching. I wasn't sure. I thought it might be on your list, honestly. I I didn't think you'd hit us with the X-Pearl combo platter. Mm. But, uh, yeah. No, good stuff. <laughs> um, so, now for TV shows, we got... So, from Will, TK, and Charles. I'll just go in order. So, Will said, Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, Andor, The Sandman, and The Boys Season 3. So, mm. never heard of Cyberpunk, Edge Runners, honestly. The Sandman, I've heard of. It's a Netflix show. I've not seen it. But The Boys Season 3, I just got around to watching a few weeks ago. Loved it. It's such a good season. It was in contention. Like, if we're doing a top 10, boy, season three's on there. No no questions asked. I agree. Um, if we're, yeah, I love the boy, season three. It would have made my top 10 if I had gone by your rules of, uh, yeah, no, loved it. <laughs> yeah. I like the addition of the, oh, frig, what's his name? Soldier Boy. Jensen Ackles. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, it was a really good show. That it just keeps elevating, honestly. Like I love what they did with uh, Billy the Butcher, Huey, with like the temporary V, and um, it ends on a pretty solid cliffhanger again. And uh, Homelander just remains undefeated as such a hateable yeah. but also likable character. He's fantastic in that role. Oh, I love him. He's awesome. I I so, root for Homelander. <laughs> yeah, low key, right? Um, yeah. Yeah. It wouldn't be the same show without him. Like, you'd love to hate him. And, um, mm-hmm. yeah, I don't know if that show survives without him. That's why they don't want to kill him off. Like, spoiler alert, he's still right? alive. But, like, they, they would be a devastating blow to lose him and then keep this, the show going. Like, he's got to go in the last season, I think. Actually, so I'm pumped for season four coming out this year, apparently. And there's a spinoff coming, too. Um Anyway, so a couple good shows coming in the boys' universe. And then um, TK also said Andor, Jack Ryan Season 3, and Slow Horses Seasons 1 and 2. Never heard of the horses, but um, Jack Ryan, I've heard good things. I've never gotten around to watching it, though. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I haven't seen those. So maybe add the, the ponies on there one of these days. And then the next one from the homie Charles... <laughs> So his was a TV show, obviously, called Upload. Have you heard of this, Matt? Upload? No, I have not. No, you have. And um, I think it's on Prime. Forget the premise huh. of it, but um, thanks a lot, everybody, for the submissions. Always love when you come through for us. Um, yeah. So that was good. 
Matt, did you have anything to recommend that you've been uh, seeing, watching, listening to stuff in the old life that you want to... Just want to first off say, TV's never been stronger than what it is right now. And this, like, what the listeners have submitted is just displaying that, really, because, like, shows I've never heard of. Like, it's insane. There's so many platforms to watch stuff on, and there's so many TV shows. Like, I, I don't even have Apple TV, and I know there's, like, three or four good shows on that. Like, Blackbird, Ted Lasso. Never seen those shows, but I know they're super highly rated. Yeah, TV's never been stronger. I've been watching a lot of movies recently. Um, I can talk about a few. I'll talk about one that came out this year on Netflix with Christian Bale, The Pale Blue Eye. It's a murder mystery movie, period piece. The craziest thing about this movie is you have the actor who plays Dudley from Harry Potter. He plays Edgar Allan Poe. He plays Edgar Allan Poe in this movie, and he's fucking amazing. <laughs> who knew that Dudley was such an amazing actor? I'm not even joking. He, his, his American accent is like Southern American accent. You wouldn't even know this is a British actor. He's phenomenal. Christian Bale, too, is phenomenal, as always. It's a murder mystery at a military camp or academy i guess christian bale is hired he's like a constable or whatever and he's hired to like come investigate the murders because he has a super good reputation it's a slow methodical movie just when you think it ends you're like wait there's 30 minutes left in the movie what that what else is gonna happen there's crazy twists at the end slow but very rewarding i loved it the guy that i don't even know his name but the actor who plays dudley and harry potter <laughs> And Christian Bale are the highlights of the movie. They're great. They're almost always on screen. Great stuff. The Pale Blue Eye. It's a Netflix original. Okay, nice. No, that guy, a Dudley guy, the actor who plays Dudley, he was in that movie, um, The Devil All the Time, with had like a, which had an all-star cast in it. And I would start That's right. that guy. He was really good. As yeah. like, I want to say some sort of pastor who had like, spiders coming yep. out of his head or something or out of his hat uh haunting yeah. performance and that's what opened my eyes to to dudley guy and um okay pale blue eye i'll check check that out for sure um you, you, lo- you love to see a harry potter actor pop up out of nowhere eh? like, right you know, it's like right. when you see like an, an an actor from the office in something you're watching like hey oscar <laughs> Like, uh, you, yeah. you don't see them yeah. often, but when you do, you cherish those moments. Like when a 100%. Meredith Palmer comes up on the screen, you're like, all right, nice, Meredith. Um, <laughs> <laughs> nice. All right. I'll, uh, I'll check that one out. No movies to recommend for me, honestly. Since we did our last episode, I've just been crushing Succession. Very good. So I'm not going to oh, talk about nice. that. I'm not going to talk about that again, though. I just have a few little recommendations, stuff that I've been incorporating into my life these days that I just want to share. One of these things was um, I've been a big kombucha guy these days, just drinking that oh, yeah. fermented uh, liquid. Just delicious stuff. Recommend kombucha to the people. Um, my mom was pushing it on me for eons. Finally caved. So I was on sale um, at Walmart, and like, why not buy four crates worth? And uh, now I just can't, I can't get enough of it. <laughs> it's nice. It's, it's very good, honestly. A lot of flavors. You got mango passion, raspberry lemonade, ginger lemon, very berry, 
That's all I got off the top. But I think I've given you all enough. So kombucha, check it out. It's a good little alternative to, to not that I'll have like a beer on it like every weeknight here, but if you want like a different beverage, it's not like coffee, water, maybe a tea even at night, mix in a booch. Mm-hmm. And uh, that was actually a line in, um, in Glass Onion, actually, which is hilarious, that Jared Leto's hard kombucha, like, Booch me. It was pretty funny. Uh, that would have killed in the theater. But anyway, so yeah, kombucha, first recommendation. Whenever it goes on sale, just don't ask questions. Just go. That's, I mean, I love kombucha. I have a kombucha story. Do you <laughs> want to hear a kombucha story? I don't even care. I'm going to tell doesn't? it anyways to all the listeners. When I worked at Farm Boy, we sold kombucha. And one day I took it upon myself. I'm like, hey, I love this stuff. I'm going to buy a whole case. I bought like 30. The only problem is back at that time, I walked to work. So the guys in grocery told me, they're like, you can't carry that case home. There's like 30 of them. There's a case of like 30 kombucha or more. I'm like, no, no, I'm good. I'll carry it home. Might've been even two cases. I don't remember. But literally I have like maybe a kilometer to walk home. Not even. I mean, you remember where my, you know where my parents live and the farm boy on Innis. On, uh, Innis. Literally halfway home, I couldn't feel my arms. I'm carrying this freaking huge case. I had to like leave it on the ground, wait five minutes. My arms feel numbness again, like feel a feeling again in my arms. Pick up the case, keep walking home. It took me like a freaking 20 minutes to go home instead of like five. Anyways, that's my kombucha story. Just to say that love the taste, Eric. I agree. I mean, do I drink kombucha now? No. If someone offers me one, I'll gladly drink it. It's delicious. Great recommendation. It doesn't get talked about enough, which is why I thought I should shed some light to the booch drink. And then, hey, we got those stories that, like, you probably hadn't thought of that story in years. And then me. Oh, it it just popped in my head. Yeah. That word. Word association is an insane thing. And, um, right. Yeah. That's awesome. Great story. It's just a lesson in. Yeah, it's just a lesson in like you think it's not heavy, but like when you're carrying something for that amount of time, yeah, it gets really heavy. Um, I watch a lot of like I'll let you pick, Eric. Do you want me to talk? I can talk about a drama or a horror movie, it, and I'm gonna let you pick which one to talk about. Which that I way talk about. do you think I'm gonna lean? I'm gonna go drama. <laughs> okay, I'm glad you picked this because this is a movie probably no one's heard of. It hasn't. It it's from like 2006 or five. And someone from work recommended it. Someone who's actually, his family's from England, like his dad's British. Um, And this is a British film called, this is a movie called This Is England. And it stars Stephen Graham. Stephen Graham, you know him, Eric, as Al Capone from Boardwalk Empire. I don't know, you watch Boardwalk, right? That short actor, he's... Okay, so This is England is a coming-of-age movie about, like, an 11-year-old or 10-year-old boy who doesn't really have friends. He gets bullied every day. His mom's a single mom, poor, but he befriends this gang of neo, like, skinheads and neo-Nazis, I guess. And Stephen Graham is the leader of them. He's bald. Stephen Graham, I don't know, like, his performance in this movie is bone-chilling. He kind of like starts corrupting our young main character, 10-year-old, uh, I forget his name, super generic British name, but like 
the movie is a coming of age, just slice of life movie. Nothing complicated. It's superbly well acted and it feels so real. This movie is like watching almost a documentary, but you know, they're actors and they've, it's a script and everything, but like, it feels so real. Like there's racism portrayed, portrayed in the movie. There's hate speech. There's brainwashing going on. And in the end, it's not like a super dark movie. Like there is like redemption in the end and like the light at the end of the tunnel, but it, it hit me so hard. It's such a powerful movie. Again, it's called This Is England. Had never heard about I I studied films for years. I still do. No, I had never heard of this movie. This Is England. Okay. Watched it, was floored. I don't even know how people are going to... like. I, I have to watch it illegally on a website, but completely floored me. It, it gave me one of those feelings that I don't get very often where I get like goosebumps and I know I'm watching a masterpiece. Um... But yeah, I just want to just shed light on this little movie called This Is England. Very powerful stuff. Reminiscent of perhaps an American History X. Like that's yes. kind of made me yes. think of just based on your description. Um, okay, which I love that movie. So yeah. the obviously not an easy movie to watch, but um, very powerful, mm-hmm. important to also to be aware of like the mentality of certain people in the world who definitely like we're not aligned to people like that but they exist and um yeah no those are never easy movies to watch but um they normally leave a mark on you and like that's also important to walk away from some movies with so this is england okay and that actor was great and, like i loved him in boardwalk oh yeah i could definitely see him in that He's kind great. of role too like that's not surprising uh, based on like al capone and yeah okay interesting Solid you nailed stuff. it eric too great comparison that's the exact comparison I was... I almost mentioned that, but yeah, no, perfect. American History X it is. Teeth but um, on a more, like, uh, slice-of-life realistic level. Like, okay. yeah. No iconic curb stomp. Um, no. <laughs> okay, so my recommendation now will be kind of along the same lines of com- kombucha. It's um, something I did for the first time ever last night. Make your own broth. So I made some chicken broth last night. First of all, very proud of myself for making said broth. And it was extremely easy. You just take the carcass of a roast chicken, a few um, accoutrements of celery, celery yak if you want, carrots, onions, garlic, Throw that in the pot, cover it up with water, and just let it boil. And uh, slow cook it through it in the instant pot for Christmas. Great gift. And uh, yeah, (laughs) just did its thing. Threw some salt in there. I made myself a soup today. Just cut up some of the leftover chicken. Threw that in there. Cut up some scallions real thinly sliced. Put a bit of salt and pepper, red pepper flakes. Now I'm just getting into a full recipe here. But delicious (laughs) broth. And I don't see myself going back to... um, to store-bought anymore i feel like it's more satisfying to make your own broth and um, not that hard so i would recommend it if it's something that you've never gone into or if it is and you just let it fall by the wayside and get back into the broth game you'll be pleasantly surprised in what it gives and um, make sure you have enough mason jars though to store the broth you make <laughs> so, i was thinking of that i'm like how much broth did you make 
<laughs> just, just three large mason jars worth of broth. I'm already okay. thinking of what the next one's going to be. Always cooking. Nice. Literally and figuratively. Uh, I like it. I always think we should do another cooking episode. We should all we, we should do a food episode soon because I feel like I've evolved so much since the last time we had the episode with your mother. Yeah. Uh, that was a great episode. Um, no, oh. good recommendation, Eric. I, I mean, I worked in a meat shop for nine years and people are always asking for the bones to make broth. And I was like, oh, I wonder how like how one does that. And you so, answered that question. So have you ever made um, broth? No, God, no. I make soup with a, a store-bought broth, so. I would, yeah. I would, I would dabble. You know, it's pretty easy, honestly. Like you just throw it over the stove top if you have like a yeah. big pot and just let it cook on low for like probably six to eight hours. Maybe it was four hours in the instant pot. But uh, yeah, no, I'd be down to do another cooking episode for sure. Like I'm talking about making my own broth out here. I think I haven't leveled up since our last one. Come on, but uh, I think it'd be a good time. And I, I can think of a perfect guest, someone who just got bashed for using a meat thermometer as is essential in our last episode. So I don't, I don't know. I can think of someone who uh, might have a few words to say. And uh, also like shout out my guy, Chevy. He's a, a hell of a cook. I will say like the guy um, makes some, some great food. So he would have some good uh, tips and tricks to share, but that'll be, We'll have to iron out the contract on uh, getting him on here next time. <laughs> All right. I mean, I have one more thing to recommend, Eric, but like I can save it for next. I know we're running long on time. But what do you think? Yeah, that's good. I had one save more for- thing too, but it's the same thing. Could just keep for next time. Yeah, I'm going to keep my movie for next time. Okay, sounds good. And I will uh, hopefully have actually not just my drinking and eating habits to share in our next <laughs> random recommendations. So, um, yeah, a lot of fun, Matt. Great lists. Uh, and uh, I've got some good stuff to uh, add on my list now. Um, yeah, any final notes for the listeners? Well, first off to you, Eric. Thank you. Like, you had a great list, great lists too. And I'm going to jump on, the, on Andor and Better Call Saul. You re-motivated me. Uh, to the listeners, thank you for listening. I appreciate every one of you. Um, yeah, I hope you're having a great time right now, whatever it is you're doing. Keep on rocking and rolling. And uh, yeah, thank you so much. Well said. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, everybody, for listening. Stay tuned for episodes dropping every two weeks. Continue to stay safe. Check us out on YouTube. Like I said, if you want to rewatch this one, you just listen. Go throw it on the YouTube, too. You miss some, there's some good facial expressions that you're missing yeah. on just listening via sonic waves so yeah i'm um i kind of just messed my flow up there but uh, yeah <laughs> peace <laughs>